from the poorhouse to the palace, Bethel Baptist Church is pleased to bring you this uplifting program hosted by Dr. Doug Castle. Please stay with us and open your heart as Dr. Castle opens God's Word. Greetings, beloved. A new week is upon us here from the poorhouse to the palace. We have just started. Uh, as we closed out last week, I introduced to you the book of Malachi, and we're going through finishing up the last three of the Old Testament books uh, of the Bible, the uh, post-captivity prophets. And Malachi here, again, he was written about a hundred years after Zechariah. And we have here basically a basic outline of this book would be chapters one and two, the Lord's chastisement, chapters three and four, the Lord's coming. So we're going to get right in to it today and begin to uh, see what the Lord has for us here. We're going to look at the first five verses of chapter one, and uh, I will, uh, these verses here reveal to us the sin against the faith. And again, Malachi begins with the burden of the word of the Lord. Let me read the first five verses for you here today. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi, I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord, yet I love Jacob, and I hated Esau, and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom saith, We are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places, saith the Lord of hosts. They shall build, but I will throw down, and they shall call them the border of wickedness, and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. And your eyes shall see, and ye shall say, The Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel. Now here, uh, the, he begins with this word of the Lord, and the word of the Lord is a great weight, uh, the burden of the word of the Lord, and that burden is a great weight to those prophets who carry it. Its message, its ministry, and its methods are great things to carry to a sinful people. And the true prophet is almost all Always a sober man and these people he had a sober message these people had sinned against the faith God begins by declaring his love for his people but his people had had no love for their God and this is the burden of the prophecy that, that we have before us here God rebukes his people because he loves his people however his people do not love God because they do not keep his commandments and that's John 15 and verse 15 and 23 you know, it ought to be a daily prayer that we would prove our love to the Lord by keeping his commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so we ought to, we prove our love by keeping our commandments, not by how you feel about God. Do you get that? Uh, you, your love to God is not proven by how you feel, it's proven by how you obey. And I'm going to tell you what, that is a very simple truth, but as soon as Christians, Christians understand that truth, they will begin to love God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their might, their mind, and their strength. And uh, that you understand that it's not just about how you feel towards God, but it's about how you obey the Lord. Now, Israel questioned God's love for them because they were in rebellion and they had they, they had been doing wrong. And so they questioned, they say, oh, wherein hast thou loved us? What a question for a nation chosen to be God's own people. Why in the favors are, are often soon forgotten? Now look, no true Christian is going to forget God's goodness and God's love. God said that he ha has loved them. His love has not changed. It has been challenged, but not changed. He still loves them, but not like he wants to love them. Because sin separates us from the phileo, or the, that's the Greek word for friendship or relationship, love of God. Sin had separated their relationship. 
Now, and the Bible tells us in Proverbs 3.12, For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as the father of the son in whom he delighteth. Hebrews 12.6, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. See, God began to deal with the sins of Israel without ever abandoning his love. They were in sin. He sent them to bondage. He forgave and restored them. Now a hundred years have passed and they are headed into sin again because he loves them. He tells them their, told them their sins and pleaded for their repentance before judgment comes again. They were proving their blindness and selfishness by not acknowledging their sin and God's justice. And they were looking for the love of God and material blessings. Listen, they were looking for the love of God and material blessings instead of pure worship and holy sacrifice. You know, children will question the love of a parent, forgetting the parent is the source and the nurturer of their life. The parent is sheltered and clothed and fed and nursed and given a great love that a child cannot give. See, a child's love is a selfish love uh, because the child's love, all they can do is receive the love of a parent. And do they love the parent? Yes. How do they prove their love to the parent? By obeying, by obeying their parents. But see, I, I tell our young people all the time, you're going to understand love one day when you become a parent because you're going to be on the on the giving end of somebody who is totally dependent on you and so a child disobeys their father's will and they feel the parent doesn't love them because something they lusted after was withheld from them or they were chastened or punished for disobedience and if the child did not want to punish to be punished he shouldn't have disobeyed the parent loves their child by correcting by the way the bible is very clear that if you do not if you he that spareth his his the rod hateth his son if you don't correct your children you the bible says you hate them god's reminding them that he loves them by correcting them Look at all the love that God had for Israel. Go back to the place where they were uh, weak and polluted. And God picked an old man out of a pagan country to make a great nation with Abraham. And he multiplied them and wrought miracles that the world has never seen before or since. And delivered them out of Egypt, fought wars for them in the days of Solomon. They were the greatest kingdom in the world. And the miracles of God's love for Israel read like a fairy tale throughout the Old Testament. But they are true. Too wonderful to be true, and yet they are as true as they are, as they are miraculous. They are true wonders, what God had done for Israel. Oh, anyway, beloved, listen to me. Don't question God's love for you. People often question the love of God, and they claim that God doesn't love them based on their past or based on their present circumstances or based on their material prosperity. And we often look for temporal prosperity or worldly glory as proof of God's love. God is not interested in proving his love through temporal prosperity or worldly glory. People are in financial poverty or they've been struck a cruel blow of poor health and someone they love has suffered or died. And circumstances do not dictate the love of God for his people. By the way, let me tell you what does. Calvary. You have a Savior who lived and suffered and died to pay the entire sin debt of the entire world and for you personally to bring, uh, to bring you into a life, uh, everlasting life. The life you had before brought you into a life and death of poor circumstances. Jesus promises a short life on this earth that's like a vapor in order to give us eternal life, everlasting life in heaven. God loves us in 10,000 times, 10,000 ways. We don't have time enough or ink enough to name the ways that God proves his love to us. You look at the stars of heaven, they say, God God says, I love you. The turning of the leaves in the fall say, I love you. The flowers of spring uh, that are about to bud say, I love you. The color and the song of the birds say, I love you. The sound and the sight of ocean waves say, I love you. The sun rising in the east and setting in the west every day, God says, I love you. Every time it rains and God sets his bow, his rainbow in the cloud, God says, I love you. The snow says, uh, I, I love you. And, and the Bible says, I love you. And Jesus says, I love you.
Joseph Parker used to liken the love of God to the morning dew. When was the last time you saw old dew? When have you ever seen dew that was a year old? No, God's love is like his mercy and compassion, which Jeremiah spoke of in Lamentations. They're new every morning, just like the morning dew. His love is new every morning. It's always fresh. It's always unspoiled. And it's water and it's life. My time is gone for today. I hope you've been reminded that God loves you. And God will, if he loves you, he will chasten you when you're wrong, but only to bring you back into a good and a right fellowship with him. God bless you is our prayer until our time tomorrow. No longer a in rags of poverty. You've been enjoying the program from the poorhouse to the palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archive broadcasts of this radio program are available at wytjradio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are, or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search From the Poor House to the Palace. From the Poor Love.